Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Fistle Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. volume just a reminder you can catch us recording this podcast live on amp amp is a new live radio app that lets you call in and chat with us in person while we're recording get the app on apple's app store and make sure you follow us at at jenkins and jones to get notified when we go live Welcome to Jenkins and Jones on the Volume Podcast Network. It is Monday, June 26th, and Silly Billy Summer rolls on. We've got another great episode for you today. We are talking to KG Sojobi, aerospace engineer, to answer our questions about why planes stay up in the air, <laughs> as well as talk about some uh, whether it was a good idea or a yeah. bad idea to take a minivan down to the <laughs> Titanic. Uh, uh, as always, Jenkins and Jones hosted by Dragonfly Jones, a.k.a. Tyler. Hey, everybody, how's it going? With Jethro Jenkins, a.k.a. Sleepy John. <laughs> What's up, Bubbles? I'm old, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Gardy V, a.k.a. Mike. Motherfucking Motherfucking Mike. Mike. Motherfucking Mike. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And before we get to our interview with uh, KG, just a couple quick sports uh, things to talk about. First of all, um, Wemby has officially been, uh, he's doing the rounds. He's getting the car wash in San Antonio. The number one overall draft pick, Victor Wembenyama Wembenyama from France, seven foot, 19 inches tall. Uh, the biggest man, you know, that we will have seen in the NBA, went out for dinner with Spurs legends Tim Duncan, David Robinson, uh, Manu was there, um, and man, Tim Sean Duncan and David. Ro- I feel like who, we don't give Sean Elliott enough props. As was, oh, you're right. Sean I'm Elliott sorry. Was there too, yeah. My apologies to Sean Elliott and his family. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, th- th- those are some big people, and they look like us standing next to Wemby. That was really, that really bent my brain. 
That that was like the friend picture with the six foot five homie, like you know what I'm saying, like like that's what that shit looked like. You don't see people making, you know, fucking Sean Elliott was what six ten, fucking you know Admiral seven one, fucking Timmy was six eleven, seven foot, and he was just towering over those dudes. You don't see that, bro. It looked like there was only one basketball player in that pick. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? Everybody else was just guys that you know had jobs. You know what I mean? That was crazy, but also it was interesting seeing. I didn't know David Robinson was a Force One guy. I could not have imagined David Robinson as a Forces. That's crazy to me, but, but yeah, Robinson, man. He has some Forces on? He has some Forces on. Yeah, him, the dude next to him, Wimby. Yeah, him, 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 Manu, him and Wimby Manu, had Forces yeah. on. Manu and Manu had some with yeah. the weird ass pants. <laughs> you know, maybe that's some Argentinian shit, but. Uh, yeah, man. But uh <laughs> you talk you said you talking a lot of shit about Timmy D. You <laughs> said that t shirt he had on was <laughs> That was hangs like a motherfucker dog. You saw Look, the nipples, I, you saw the nipples <laughs> story, that's what told you the story, hey, you feel me? Hey, I, I I know it's been proven time and time again that when we think wealthy people are dressing down, they're usually not. They're usually wearing like a five hundred dollar shirt, fifteen thousand dollar fifteen hundred dollar jeans. That was not the case with Timmy. As a motherfucker who has worn a lot of Haynes t-shirts in my life, I know a Haynes t-shirt when I see a Haynes t-shirt. Yeah, that five and pack. Tim Duncan, an arguable top ten player of all time, the best player in Spurs history. He had on a motherfucking Haynes five for fifteen dollars a white tee, and that is legendary in my motherfucking book. See, yeah. this, this shit like this is why I wanted women to go to San Antonio. All jokes aside, like Facts. I wanted him to, uh, real, real shit. I, I mean, the basketball shit. I wanted him to go to to a place where you know, like I said, I wanted him to go to a franchise that was going to you know, you know, uh, be responsible with his physical upkeep and with his basketball development, right? And and that's why I wanted him to go to San Antonio. But this is this is another reason why I wanted him to go to San Antonio. He's got some solid OGs who are going to be around him, mentoring him, right? Yep. This, some really grounded dudes are going to tell him what to do with his money. Who are going to you know you know be on being in his in his, in his ear about you know you know how to how to you know handle his money right investments not to squander and all that and and that dinner was just like an example of that shit all those dudes were like you know fucking you know multi-time max guys you know except for like manu and they were out there looking like my uncles and shit like you know what i'm saying so dude yeah i'm tim, happy for tim, wimby man tim duncan walked in like he just mowed a lawn those are some, those are lawn mowing boots he had on <laughs> I've mowed lawns. I mowed them for, for money in in high school. If not high school, but middle school. Those are the exact boots. I know what they look like when they've been beat up for mowing lawns, bro. He had them shits on, G. So, yeah, love to see it, G. I, I'm wondering, like, also, <laughs> it seems like everything he wears is Nike. Is that the only thing he can wear, like, right now? Like, I mean, he, obviously, he'll get things tailored and shit. And, but, like, I, he, every, every, every time I've seen him, he's had on Nike. He's had Nike on. I wonder, yeah. like, just athletic. I mean, at that size, you know, yeah, like, I, I, I mean, he's he's seven foot five. He can't just, you know, fucking hop on the internet and order some shit, right? Nah, <laughs> you know you, what I'm saying? Like, or he hit can't the ball hop on up, it. right, you know? right, 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 right. <laughs> but that's crazy. Um. Okay. Speaking of uh, of freak athletes, um, I I took Vinny to uh, shout out to uh my friend Andy Kerr, publisher of the Five Six Two. He he brought me and Vinny to go see a Dodgers Angels game at Angel Stadium last week, where Shohei Otani was pitching, and he had seats that were four rows behind home plate, almost close enough to feel the air coming off of a hundred mile an hour fastball. Mm-hmm. But I have to say. I've been around baseball quite a bit for the last 15 years of my life. I have seen 100-mile-an-hour fastballs from many different angles. I have never been sitting that close behind one. It's impossible. I don't know what these motherfuckers are doing. 
That shit, like, I don't even know how you stand in the batter's box and look at it three times without shitting yourself. <laughs> this shit's crazy. But the same person who's throwing those fastballs uh, went viral on Twitter, uh, home uh, hitting a home run off of a, a ball that was way inside from Kyle Freeland. He turned on it, smacked it out of the fucking park. And Kyle Freeland, the pitcher, it, you know, they catch him mouthing. How the fuck did you hit that? And it's a valid question, John. Bro, I texted y'all. I was like, this is the pitch, like, that you try to stay off of because it's extremely hard to hit. And then if you if you don't, you're just trying to get a piece of it and fight that motherfucker off. You know what I'm saying? And he turned on it, short-armed that motherfucker, and hit it out the park. Like, that's a pitch you know, like, you're just trying to get somebody to chase something. that It's unhittable if you're a pitcher, you know? So, like, it's just, it, the, his reaction was made so much sense to me because I don't understand at all. Like, how did you put bat on ball, let alone send that motherfucker out the park and at your size? I remember, like, I, like I, you know, I, I played or whatever, but I, I would, as, as a lefty, I, I had an open stance because of inside pitches because it's harder to turn on an inside pitch. So to, to catch up, I would have my stance open. You know what I'm saying? When, when batting against, you know, left lefties, you feel me? And like close stance, just just all hands and fast twitch muscles and hips, nigga. You know what I mean? Like at his size, blew my mind. And I, told, I, was, I was talking to Rather. I was like, bro, Rather came in and she was like, what's wrong? And it was because I was on the 10th time watching the video, just shaking just my head, yeah, just yeah, like yeah. staring like, what the fuck? How do you do it? You know, how, you know, I just didn't understand it. But I told Rod, I said, we going, we going to a game. Flat, flat out. We have to say we have seen him in real life. You feel well, me? Well, you know. It's not normal. He will be a Dodger next year. And we were sitting close enough to yell at him, you'll look better in blue next year. But, uh, no, he, he'll, he'll be on the Dodgers next year. You come to a game with us, we'll catch Shohei pitching with Mookie playing too. You could check a lot of boxes with somebody in, <laughs> right, in one so. game. And baseball, <laughs> baseball is, it's a, it's a, live is a fun experience. So we just need to pull up, man. There's no, it's no, yeah. no excuse for us not to have gone to me. To any. No doubt. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back with uh, KG Sojo B, our, uh, our expert aerospace engineer, to answer some questions. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. 
When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a, a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. We are very excited to welcome on a special guest. Uh, when you get too old and too busy to hang out with your friends, you just have them on your podcast. That's <laughs> the easiest way to catch up with them. Uh, we're welcoming on. We said we're going to have an expert on to answer some stupid questions. Uh, and we have a smart person to do that. My good friend, KG Sojobi. She's an aerospace engineer. KG, thanks for hopping on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I think you're the fir- you're you're the first person who is in our wedding to be on the show, so I'm very excited. Ooh, about that. Char, Char's, wow. Char's, 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 Char was very excited. I I totally forgot to tell her you were coming on, and so I was <laughs> like on the on the way. I think it was on the way home earlier today. I was like, oh, I, I'm going to see KG tonight. She was like, what? I was like, yeah, oh, she's yeah. she's coming on the podcast. <laughs> what an honor that is. <laughs> yeah. All right, KG. Well, uh, as I mentioned, you're an aerospace engineer. We I don't know how we got on the topic of the fact that it does not seem possible to us that planes fly. I was watching. <laughs> I was watching uh, with some with Sony baby. I was watching. We were at the airport for like too long. You know what I mean? Because the flight yeah. was delayed, and I was watching planes fly. And I said, that's one of the things to me that I still think like is magic. Like, I, it, oh. you know what I'm saying? It doesn't seem like we should be able to do that. The planes are too heavy. It doesn't seem like they're moving fast enough to be like to, yeah. to be in the, be in the fly. So, yeah, I think that's right. what we're But, it, but yeah. it occurred to me as John was talking about this. So I was like, I do actually have a good friend who understands, I think, how planes fly. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really glad that I could be of service. <laughs> yes, um, yes. That is, that is a pretty cool thing about, yeah, just knowing different people. But yeah, no, like I, one of my favorite quotes is something about, I'm, I'm going to completely butcher it, but something about how, um, like, you know, deepest kind of science, I guess, often looks like magic until we understand it. Uh. And so, yeah, it definitely doesn't make sense just not like thinking about it too deeply that something like, especially, you know, like aircraft carriers or not aircraft carriers, but like, um, massive like you know jumbo jet type yeah, things yeah. should be able to fly so yeah so how please so um i guess the most basic aspect of it is like basic forces of lift and drag um and drag is what it sounds like you know forces that act on something when it's moving to kind of keep it from moving mm-hmm. And lift is a force, also the way it sounds, um, that lifts something up. So um, the way that airplanes are designed, uh, they kind of, humans kind of started looking at birds first when thinking about how to, like, you know, achieve flight and everything. Mm -hmm. Birds have these wings that have a certain kind of a surface area on them. And because there is an atmosphere in our world, um, as opposed to being on a place like the moon mm-hmm. where you would have to figure out flight in a different way. Um, the air of our atmosphere does have a mass, um, something that you could uh, create resistance against mm-hmm. with, you know, a certain kind of a surface area on it. 
So airplanes with their wings, um, they are designed to have uh, a surface area of the wings that would um, amount to, well, that would create the kind of lift that you need to get off the ground and to hover, basically. And so on top of that basic part of it, once you add the um, type of like thrust you can get from certain engines, then when you're going at certain speeds, you also can add to your lift in a sense. Um, I haven't looked at exact formulas and whatnot in a really long time. I tend to work more on the space side of things mm -hmm. in my job, but um, yeah, I think that is very subtle. Very way. subtle flex. Very <laughs> subtle flex. <laughs> not not that subtle. Oh, that no. gave me chills, yeah. baby. Oh. <laughs> I'm actually not oh, worried about how super. things. I'm actually not worried about how things fly on this Ugh. planet. You feel me? You feel me? That I was very like, undergrad. I sounded, I sounded like a jerk. That was gross. Yeah, no. That, that was uh, yeah. That was my sort of pompous way of saying that I can't remember everything that I learned in college. Okay. I guess. <laughs> but um, I hope that my kind of like super general overview makes a little bit more sense. Um, in terms of, yeah, just the forces that are acting on um, crafts like an airplane to keep them in the air. Um, something that I like thinking about a lot that kind of <laughs> helps to ease any anxieties, I think, in a lot of people mm -hmm. is that um, planes aren't known for just falling out of the sky left and right, particularly because of that wing design um the engines are what really make them go but let's say you lose an engine um with a good pilot as you're supposed to always have a good pilot on these flights <laughs> you can still maneuver the plane to like you know hover and float down because of that surface area it's like when you have a I'm just this piece of paper like the way paper like when you throw it throw it up in the mm -hmm. air it'll kind of like you know drift mm -hmm. as opposed to just sinking to the ground it's because it's got that surface area and there's a lift kind of keeping it up for a little while um it's another reason why i'm kind of disclaimer i haven't studied how helicopters work exactly so i don't fully understand that kind of flight mm -hmm. but i don't like that they don't have wings with large surface areas <laughs> so that once they do lose you know their their engines they can you know they don't they don't have that like hovering capability i feel like that's why you see so many of them just kind of go crazy as soon as the engine's gone like so anyway so we've yeah. confirmed that helicopters are magic like we can explain <laughs> scientifically how planes fly but helicopters less so that's just me not being able to explain that. So I don't know if I would go that far. Well, you're the only me... aerospace engineer here. So <laughs> <laughs> let me go do some studying and then come back about helicopters. But know that on an airplane, you're 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 pretty safe in terms of you know if anything were to go wrong, like it would need to be like everything is destroyed generally for <laughs> the plane to not be able to stay up anymore. Yeah. So okay, so so this this is random as hell, right? Um, I saw a tweet where do y'all remember the, the Incredibles movie Dash, the little fast baby, right? And you Love remember that, that one scene Love when he was running from the bad guys and he was going so fast that he ran across water. He didn't believe that he was running across water. Well, they had so that good. tweet up, right? And someone tweeted, 
this is the same reason that planes can fly newton's third law of physics is that correct or incorrect because i have no idea what any of that means <laughs> that's really interesting okay hold on just a second Do you have I a book you looking remember at? which law well it's funny enough i i did pull this out okay but i'm actually gonna google something okay instead. okay i thought she was <laughs> um so i because i can never remember which law is which so newton's third law states that oh that's the one about every action having an equal and opposite reaction so is that like the lift and drag you were talking about well yes lift and drag is drag inertia is does that have anything to do with uh drag works with yeah drag works with inertia like inertia basically says that um a um i think that's newton's second law don't quote me on that again but inertia says that um an object at rest um will remain at rest Mm -hmm. unless you know acted on by another force Mm -hmm. same thing with an object in motion will remain in motion unless acted on by um a force to to stop it so um yeah the equal and opposite um reactions and dash running on water and airplanes in flight i mean i I guess I have to think about that some more. I think she's but, calling. Yeah. I think she's calling BS on the tweet. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I cannot believe Twitter wanna, misinformed like, me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think it's one of those things that yeah, people will come on and they'll say things and they'll be super vague and like I mean yeah, it kind of sounds it sounds very smart for sure, <laughs> but I know it's definitely going to take me a second to really see. I'm not going to discount it, yeah, yeah. but I, I need to like really think that through. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm discounting it. So I, I'm, my last, <laughs> I, I've got a couple more questions about planes. One is, mm-hmm. so this is very stupid, and you know that this is not anything that I understand. But my thought was always that the engines were basically so strong. Like I was completely unaware of how, I guess, really of how important the wings are. I always thought the engines were so strong that it was basically like if you start off underwater on the bottom of a pool and then you swim up and swim forward and then if I were to like turn my face down and then swim back down. That's kind of what I thought engines were doing. But Wait. that's that <laughs> No, explain that one more time. If like, you're at the bottom of a yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I thought like me going from the bottom of a pool up, swimming forward and then going back down, I thought that was like how planes work. That it was like the the engines picked it up and push it forward and then you'd sort of just point the plane down and the engines oh. would like drive the plane down. And that's really not the case at all. They sort of more so like it's more of a controlled guided ball. slingshot. Is that like <laughs> accurate? <laughs> So I would say that the engines uh, provide, um, so they provide a thrust to get you to the velocity that you need in order for the lift to, the the lifting force of the atmosphere around you to like lift that, or to lift you up. Yeah. Um, And then once you're in the air, they maintain your velocity the engines, uh, the thrust, they help yeah, you maintain. But they're not velocity. shooting you back they're down not... at the ground when you land. Correct. When it comes to landing, <laughs> when it comes to landing, it's a lot of the again the surfaces that are helping you get to where you need to go. So like they call them control surfaces on the wings. Um, they will change the shape of the wing to um, like start to change the amount of lift that you're getting, 
and um, help you start to descend. So yeah, it's um, like, this is one thing I think about a lot, you know, the emojis for like, you know, taking off and landing and whatnot. The landing emoji always has a plane, like, you know, with the nose down, um, which is bad. That's not what should be happening. <laughs> um, because yeah, the wing, the uh, plane still needs to have a certain, um, an angle of attack is what they call it in order for you to get that lift. And you still have to have um, a certain amount, like, Basically, when you're landing, well, first off, you wouldn't want to be nose down anyway, because you're just you're going to hit the ground. But um, the wings need to have a positive angle of attack uh, to give you control mm. of like your lift values as you're coming in. This right. sounds gotcha. not great <laughs> as I'm saying it, but I hope it kind of makes sense. I mean, I mean, I, I always thought that they just kind of, you know, let off the gas, so to speak, you know, reduce <laughs> right. speed. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought they and, did. And yeah. the plateaus down. Is that not the yeah. case? Yeah. So there is a, a letting off the gas a little bit. <laughs> um, yeah, but they're not completely like cutting the engines, mm. you know, for example. It's, it's not foot completely off the gas. What so, speed yeah. must they reach? You know, for it to get that lift, I mean, for a plane that heavy, it seems like it would be faster than what I'm looking at, but maybe it's moving faster than what I think it's moving when I see it like taking off. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that is part of it. Um, like you've seen like rocket launches as yeah, well. Yeah. Um, like to leave the Earth's atmosphere. Um, oh, this is bad. I can't remember the exact number, but it's on the order of tens of thousands of um miles an hour that uh rocket is um needing to reach in order to leave the earth or um, in order to escape the gravity yeah of, yeah 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 that makes uh, sense you know, yeah. or in order to get up to orbit rather um and it never it doesn't look that fast definitely at the start mm -hmm. as you're watching it um i feel like similarly an airplane um once you get to like cruising altitudes you are at you know hundreds of miles an hour um and you are on the way to reaching that speed as you go to take off um and i think there is an element of scale like when you are um in when you're at the gate you know looking out the window mm -hmm. watching planes take off mm -hmm. um us being as small as we are and then being as far away from us as we are I, I think that is the reason why they don't look like they're going as fast as they are. If it was but a person, we would think they were fucking, you know what I'm yes. saying, going a trillion <laughs> miles an hour. You know what I mean? Like, and that's something we think they're that going helps faster me. than they're yeah. actually going. You know, if it was well, yeah. somebody running. That's something yeah. that helps me actually to like picture, like think of that plane as like a person mm -hmm. instead. That's when you start to yeah. really see the scale and see how fast it really is moving. Does this so. science make you feel more comfortable or not? Like my sister's a doctor and I think because she knows certain things, it makes her, as a parent, it makes her, it's made her less comfortable because she knows things that she might not want to know thinking about her child. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Do, yeah. When, when you're getting on a plane or, you know, do you think about certain things or does it, does this not just make you more comfortable or just wonder? I think there's a lot that makes me more comfortable. Okay. Like it's cool to know, you know, that there is science backed by the engineering that created these things. And yeah, that's why I, can feel pretty comfortable that a plane's probably not just going to fall out of the sky. Yeah. Um, it, it's interesting though. Uh, the things that do kind of get into my head are having worked in engineering and been behind the scenes a little bit more 
and understood um, the more paperwork side of things mm -hmm. that goes into these. That's where I can start to get a little bit um, like, you know, on edge uh, because, you know, there are industry standards, you know, for example, that need to be met in terms of procedures that are used to um, create the drawings for certain parts mm -hmm. to, um, you know, to get approvals for changes to certain kinds of engineering and things like that. And um, I think a good example of where my nervousness can come in is, you know, the Boeing 737 Max, like they had those airplanes mm -hmm. um, that the, um, they, <laughs> those were very bad examples of this, but <laughs> planes that just essentially like, you know, fell out of the sky, sort right. of like really disastrous situations. Um, and then there was a Netflix documentary that came out, it was last year or the year before, um, where they went into the investigation as to what happened with those. And a lot of the problem there came from just um, corners that were cut along the way when it came to making sure certain standards were met. Um, Ocean Quest shit. And yeah. yeah, yeah, man, exactly. So I, I was thinking that might lead. Yeah, that's a great transition. Thanks for, thanks for thanks th for thanks for being segue soju. I appreciate <laughs> yeah. it. Um, you know, we like j we had already asked you to be on, and then obviously the last week, uh, Twitter became um, not aeronautic engineering experts, but nautical engineering experts um, with all of the craziness with the Ocean Gate thing. Y you you mentioned how exacting and specific and regulated every aspect of traveling up from the surface of earth is. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, in this case, there's obviously been a ton of reporting about exactly how little regulation there is around people who decide that they want to go down from the earth's surface. Um, and I, I'm just curious from, from your perspective, obviously you have a very specific expertise um, in kind of the, you know, the, in the aerospace engineering, but as an engineer, as this story is unfolding with the Ocean Gate submarine, you've got to be doing some different thoughts and math in your head around pressure and all that yeah. kind of stuff than we were doing, just sort of refreshing the timeline to see if there was an update. Is that, is that right? What were you kind of thinking as this was unfolding? Yeah, I was definitely thinking about um, just the the math and the science around what it would take to have a a vehicle that human beings would be safe inside descending to the depths of the ocean that they were trying to reach. Um, yeah, the pressures increase like crazy, the further down into the ocean that you go, water is very heavy, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, to put it like, you know, simply. And um, I remember reading earlier in the week that um, the vessel that they were in, the Titan, was rated to go down to something like 13,000 feet only, but they were trying to reach like, you know, what was it two and a half miles down? Like much more than 13,000 feet um, is where the Titanic site was. And I, from that point, my mind immediately jumps to again, like how in the world was it legal for them to run a business mm -hmm. not meeting those basic standards? Again, like those industry standards. Um, you know, I started reading more and more about how letters had been written, like, you know, people in the industry had been calling out this company for not meeting certain industry standards. And I, 
I couldn't understand um, how much of a lack of regulation, like you were saying, there is apparently. Like, I guess, you know, um, I was talking with some coworkers about it this week and it's like, yeah, the, the company was based on land, you know, in the United States where there are certain laws they have to follow. But like, I guess once you get out into the ocean, you know, international waters, they're just <laughs> things that you don't have to, you know, certain like just things that you don't have to go through to be able to right. um, go through these things. And uh, I mean, it, it's pretty basic stuff, I would think, um, like basic engineering to make sure that you comply with before you even think about, I mean, even getting into that vessel yourself. Um, and I, yeah, it seems to me that this wasn't a case of like, oops, mistakes in engineering or um, mistakes in the math and calculations. It seems more that, I, I, I don't know, it, it almost just seems like they were just trying to, I don't know. Is, is that, <laughs> I don't is even it, know what I'm trying to say. Is there a dollar amount that you would have be, been willing to get into that vehicle for? Mm, I don't think so. No, not for some private company. Like maybe there's a world in which, like you know, if I if I if I had chosen that as my field, you know, to you know explore the depths of the ocean and i was working with you know a reputable organization like maybe something government funded where they really were sticklers about following mm -hmm. the rules then if it's my job then yeah i would get in there i i don't know that it would ever be my job but you know i would do yeah. it then but never never with a company like this i feel like this was a little bit of a um another example of this kind of the the brashness of like startup culture <laughs> And, um, like, you know, the, the CEO of the company, he's quoted as saying things about how, like, you know, like, yeah, other companies who've been trying to do the same kinds of things, like they stick very close to standards and, you know, follow rules, but there's not a lot of innovation. Mm -hmm. And he said this in sort of a braggadocious way, like he was trying to innovate and like you know I, I i translated that in my mind to like you know grow the capital of the company you know increase profits and you know just get people excited about all this stuff um and i i think that we have seen that there's a lot of danger to that thinking without really prioritizing um i mean human lives first like if you're going to try to innovate like um don't put people in the vessels, you know, like SpaceX, for example, um, talking about startup culture. I think uh, there were lots of ways in which a lot of these space companies coming up now, including SpaceX, have sort of like, you know, just tried to do things differently, tried to um, increase the speed of manufacturing and all this kind of stuff and kind of going, not going around standards, but just sort of seeing what they could get away with. Um, but in working with the, you know, major organization of the United States, NASA, uh, to get their work, you know, across, um, they have had to maintain, uh, 
certain standards as far as like, you know, well, you're not going to put any human beings on any of these flights mm -hmm. until, you know, certain things are met. And it's, yeah, really tragic to me. And I just couldn't believe that the same kinds of restrictions aren't in place for um, nautical yeah. expeditions. Well, we said on the last pod, it's like, they can't, the cops can't pull you over 10,000 feet under the ocean. Like that's, part, <laughs> but like, that's part of it, right? It's literally just that it's like, well, if you're going down there, like we mm. can't follow you or, you know, like, I, I don't know. Mm. I mean, it, it feels like that's part of it to me. Whereas obviously rocket launches, you know, aerospace, it's very public, right? It, you know, like there's no, like the, uh. the, the, the it, you know, if the, the boat's not just going into the ocean and then dropping you off and then you disappear. Right. <laughs> you yeah. Know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. Um, okay, do, guys, do you have any? Oh, do you have any like cool outer space stuff to talk about, guys? Do you have any other outer? That's Katie's uh, actual expertise is, <laughs> is is rocket science. So. I, have, I have one question about the. I was watching some video and it said that it the the crushing the it got crushed so fast that it was like a nanosecond, like it was before. The brain, oh, yeah. So, yeah, so yeah, the nervous video, system that, yeah. could even register. It could, could it even like register one millisecond, and it takes like thirty milliseconds for the nervous system. Yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. Video. So yeah. it was like it was before the brain could even register that it saw something. There is something happened, right? But what it hmm. what really tripped me out was that apparently there was an explosion that happened because um, the air has to release that that's inside of the vessel. Um, that it said it happened so fast with the pressure and the air that the heat in there equaled this the heat of the sun which turned <laughs> them into mush like yeah. all in a nanosecond like in a yeah. percentage of a second i is mean because that, is that, that, is that i'm wondering that was that cat i mean it was a I, I, i'm not smart i mean it makes I, I mean, sense I, but i to me but also like i can't there's no, I know science. I don't know the science behind it to say if it didn't make yeah. sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I'm not a scientist either, but I do know that heat on a fucking, you know, on a fundamental level is molecules moving extremely quickly, right? And if those mm -hmm. molecules are moving fast as fuck, I'm sure it got hot as hell in there too. So, yeah. And I'm, I'm like, what I'm thinking is, um, yeah, some of those basic equation uh, equations then of um, like that govern how gases behave. You've got kind of like the PV equals NRT thing, pressure times volume equals, you know, a bunch of coefficients times temperature. So like as pressure increases, you're going to get an increase like their um, uh, pressure goes as temperature goes like higher pressure, higher okay. temperature is kind Jeez. of a thing. And so, um, yeah, thinking about that kind of event, I mean, it is, yeah, ridiculous amount of pressure if their vessel was not equipped to um, equalize that, uh, yeah, it makes sense to me that you would have a lot, like a big heat reaction there. When it was That's crushed? That's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. So they said like per body, what is it, like a million, over a million, like, like per yeah, per, per square. It was like, per, it was like, it was like a, some, some. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. The, just the just the water, I think, was like fifteen thousand psi. But then per you're talking about inch. the actual pressure exerted by per, the vacuum if you created add, when if it you, imploded. But right. the, per square Ooh. inch, but like square inch over the, a human body. Yeah. Then yeah, there was right. five human bodies, and I think you're not even. It's the vessel. I think I think it would be the vessel alone because that's what the the air is coming out, not mm -hmm. the body. So yeah. like, right. it was the size of a van. That's 
I mean, that's I mean, based on what you're saying, that's like it was a ton, ton, a ton, a ton of pressure at one at a split second. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I guess that would equal the heat of the sun. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds. Really yeah, I'm gonna look that up yeah. and see the explanation for that. Yeah, it's it's terrible either way. Um, and I yeah, I truly can't believe that it was allowed to happen. That's the thing that keeps getting me. Like, yeah, it sounds like this vehicle was truly not supposed to be down there so from an engineering perspective it was a thumbs down oh major thumbs down too (laughs) 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 two big thumbs down so so you know um you know deep sea vessels like this they have to worry about extreme pressure right like you know for from the aeronautic um angle is it like the opposite spectrum where you have to worry about like a lack of pressure and how to prevent that like or Mm. yeah in space uh yeah, when you are outside of the Earth's atmosphere um, and not dealing with any atmosphere at all, it's the lack of pressure that you're kind of dealing with. And um, so you want to make sure, basically, it's always all about balance. You're wanting to make sure that you're equalized and that there's not any kind of built up pressure inside of your vessel that will cause an explosion. Um, uh, so, um, yeah. That's uh, why, you know, spacesuits and whatnot are important, mm-hmm. for example, for um, people who go out and do spacewalks and everything. Like, that's why when you see in some of these movies, like, you know, if a person were to get, like, sucked out of a space mm-hmm. vehicle or something out in space and they kind of just, like, you know, explode <laughs> because of the lack of pressure out in space while there is pressure inside of the human mm-hmm. body. Um, and... Uh, so yeah, you could say it's kind of opposites uh, with aircraft. Like here on the planet, there's still uh, atmosphere to deal with. So it depends on what elevation you are flying at. But um, yeah, getting back to like just commercial jets, the ones that we fly on, um, definitely the higher up in elevation that you go, the less pressure there is. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and um, that is why the... Um, sort of airflow and like again equalization of our atmosphere inside of these aircraft is important you were talking about like how it takes tens of thousands of like i think you you, did you say that you have to go like tens of thousands of miles per hour to get out of the the earth the order of that yeah Yeah. yeah. let me i'm wondering like how much does it take to get back being that there's no atmosphere in space like how much pressure does it take to get back and also how are you navigating being that there's no atmosphere to use to kind of navigate, like how are you navigating yeah. um, in space? So coming, so navigating in space, um, I would, I, I don't want to overstate it. I'd say the main thing there is a use of, <clears throat> a use of the thrust from like propulsion, mm-hmm. um, like, you know, elements and just direction of those. So yeah, you don't have an atmosphere um, to like get lift from, Mm -hmm. from your control surfaces. But like, let's say you've got a little engine that's spouting out um, exhaust, Mm -hmm. essentially. Um, The force of that exhaust leaving the vehicle propels you forward. Mm -hmm. So you can control the speed via that. And then also you can control your direction by being able to like gimbal the um 
direction of the exhaust of that engine mm -hmm. in a way. So um, that is what's used to, let's say you've got a vehicle on orbit. Um, that's what's used to help direct you back towards um, the planet to sort of start to fall out of orbit. Mm -hmm. And uh, then, you know, depending on the application, like depending on um, how, you know, high your orbit is, the elevation or altitude rather, um, and depending on the size of your vehicle, um, you kind of, yeah, it, you you get your additional velocity from your engines that you have on board mm. the craft. So, um, and yeah, as far as what it takes to get back into the Earth's atmosphere, um, like uh, velocity-wise, you kind of just start to fall <laughs> back to Earth mm. and um, there's not a lot of control, like in terms of... Um, not that there's not a lot of control, but like you are in a lot of ways, at least for lots of the reentry, just at the mercy of gravity. Um, and then you start to employ your slowdown tactics after a certain point. That's when you'll see, um, well, you'll have um, like the heat shields mm -hmm. on um, certain aircraft, not only helping to um, decrease the amount of heat going into the vehicle, but just helping to kind of like, you know, slow you down just a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, you'll eventually get your parachutes coming out the back, that kind of a thing. But yeah, when it comes to coming back into the planet, you're kind of just falling back and trying to control the fall. It's so crazy that this this machine that was used to travel through, like to get out of the Earth's, Earth's atmosphere, go into space, come back, and then it pops a parachute. Like, mm. you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like there's yeah, so like, it's much like really amazing basic. science that went into getting it to where it's supposed to go and then it's just like you know hey this works so we're gonna yeah. pop a parachute yeah. right quick you know to help yeah. slow it down but that's something yeah. so funny about that but yeah that is one cool thing about engineering um the best engineering takes into account like the simplest solutions mm -hmm. and so like if it doesn't need to be more than a parachute right right then, Use a parachute. Um, I am just double checking the escape velocity, by the way. Um, and the escape velocity is the speed that you need to, you know, escape the surface of the earth. Mm -hmm. um, and it's 40,000 kilometers per hour thereabouts. Um, so yeah, tens of thousands of miles an hour on that order. That things. doesn't sound, that doesn't sound fun to me either. Um, KG, you, <laughs> you are, uh, you, you know, I, it's been so cool for those of us who've known you for a long time to see you getting some, uh, recognition lately for being, um, such an awesome trailblazer in your field. But I know you were on uh, Netflix's Ada twist scientist special. Um, yeah. you know, you're, you're a rock star in our family, but can you just share a little bit of your journey, you know, being, um, you know, Nigerian immigrant family and growing up in Southern California and, and being obviously a very successful black woman in engineering. Like what, what, can you just share a little bit with our listeners, I guess, about what your journey has been? Sure. Yeah. Um, like you said, Nigerian immigrants, I was born in Nigeria. I'm the firstborn. Um, and we came here, my parents and I, when I was a toddler, uh, we got to LA in 1985 and my parents were immediately just hustling to make, you know, life 
for us. Uh, I've got two younger siblings who were both born in LA. And um, yeah, being Nigerian, <laughs> um, education was like top of the mind for the family. Um, so uh, we are all, people always note that me and my siblings are all very accomplished. And I feel like we don't think too much about it because it was very just, this is what it's going to be. Um, my brother is also an engineer. He's a software engineer and my sister's a lawyer. Um, and uh, which, which, yeah. which one of your parents most feel like needed to do a little bit more? Is it, <laughs> is it like, which, which one of you did not get enough degrees for your mom and dad? <laughs> it's so funny you say that my parents are one thing. Uh, but like, I have had an aunt <laughs> once comment, like, why couldn't one of you guys have been a doctor? <laughs> like, why didn't you just like even things out a little bit? <laughs> like too many engineers <laughs> so that, that that is the funny thing about nigerians <laughs> but um yeah uh as far as me i i've always loved math and science and um i kind of honed in on engineering in high school when i realized that um as far as sciences go i prefer physics to biology like i thought i was going to be a doctor for a while but i decided to leave the biology side of things um and then i've always loved space so uh aerospace engineering was my choice um i went to ucla and studied that um it was hard uh <laughs> but i got through and uh yeah and just I to be clear the way that my wife and kg became friends they sang in the same group together at ucla i was like a yes. one of a couple uh like roadies basically for that group but it was <laughs> yeah. like obviously heavy liberal arts emphasis and so like char would be talking about taking a religion class with someone who is like like with val or someone who's like oh and we were reading this and then kg would be over there figuring out like double checking the escape velocity Oh man, speaking of our singing group, no, I really did like it was such a highlight experience of my time in college being in that singing group, Random Voices, um, because I got to meet so many people just doing different things from me. It was cool to be an engineer who had a religious studies major for a really good friend. Um, and I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've been working in my field now. Geez, I graduated in 2007, which was 16 years ago. Now, can't believe it. We're all old. Um, yeah, we are all old. And um, yeah, I've done a lot of different things in the industry. I did work on aircraft for my first um, seven or eight years or so. Um, but again, space has always been my first love. And so I've always been trying to find my way towards doing that exclusively. Sorry if you heard that. That's my dog. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so now I um, work on the design of space vehicle mechanisms, like mechanisms, just any moving mechanical assembly. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, as far as Ada Twist, um, that was, I feel like that was just one of these lucky universe things i got um a message from one of the producers of the live action segments of this animated show um this would have been in october i think of 2020 she said she'd gotten my name from a mutual contact that we had in the aerospace industry said that they were trying to make a kids like you know a series of science videos for kids asked if i would be interested and i just um kind of got into the mode of 
saying yes to the next thing. I didn't know what this was. Uh, she asked if I would like to meet to talk. And I said, sure, I can meet to talk. And after that, she was like, okay, maybe we can now get together and have a brainstorming session about things you might be able to talk about. And I was like, sure, we can do that. I just kept saying yes and yes and yes until we recorded these videos. And then they told me this is going to be for Netflix. Um, this is based off of these kids books and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And um, I initially started saying yes because I really do love outreach and um, just talking to people, but especially kids um, and like, you know, young students about STEM stuff, you know, science, engineering. Um, and this seemed like a good way to do that on a grand scale. And it has been really cool to hear from not only like friends who've been watching the show with their kids, but like, you know, strangers just talking about how cool it was to see me talking about some of the stuff that I've gotten to work on. Um, I get really excited when I see kids excited about science stuff. Um, yeah, I think science and math are, um, <clears throat> they're often taken for granted as just like hard or like, you know, only very special people can really get into them. Um, and I don't think that has to be the case. You know, not everybody has to grow up to become an engineer or whatever, but I think we can all do science I think we can all, you know, understand, you know, at least some basics of math. It's just a matter of um, being encouraged in that. And um, I mean, yeah, what you guys have done here has been science. You've been asking the questions and being curious and like, you know, testing hypotheses and all that kind of stuff. Are you and giving us honorary doctorates? <laughs> yes, I'm bestowing Let's upon. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I bestow upon all of you. you <laughs> 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 all right, KG, thank you so much for making time for us and answering some uh, some some very elementary questions. We really appreciate it. Thanks for, for coming. Sure. Appreciate thank you so much for so having much, me. So much. It was good to talk to you guys. So much Thanks fun. Our thanks to KG for hopping on. Uh, we didn't talk too much about it, but as I mentioned at the end there, um, KG is also a very talented musician, singer, um, singer-songwriter, and you can search her on Instagram, KG Sojobi, uh, and uh, follow her there uh, for all music and science uh, purposes. But yeah, that was that was awesome. I, I love the idea of doing a like, you know, maybe sometime in July, we have readers sending questions like ask a scientist and then KG could explain them as simply as possible. I think that would be a lot of fun. I think it just, yeah, I, she was so much fun to reach out her on as much as possible, honestly, for sure. <laughs> all right, that's all the time we got. We'll be back on Wednesday. Thanks for listening. Thanks for fucking with us. We'll see y'all soon. Bye. 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 Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. 
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.